Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 2, Episode 19. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm hosting you today and I'm with a man whose memory doesn't quite match up to his writing ability, Mr Matt Wilson. Why do you say that? Because you forgot to bring in a vital component for today's podcast. Oh right, yes I did. Yeah, we agreed, uh, for those of you listening, we agreed to bring in uh, alternating shirts today for this podcast. Uh, of course, I'm a bit Aston Villa fan, I'm sure you all know that, I'm sure you'll accept me as your Albion host for this podcast, but Albion re- reporter Matt Wilson was meant to bring in an Albion shirt and he's... um. Forgone that. I'm sure you're a very busy man, so I'll let you off. Yeah, I did. I did forget. That's that's my bad. But I, <laughs> I have noticed that uh, you've got claret and blue on, sort of. You've got a claret jumper on, um, red wine jumper with uh, little blue tinges on your on your white shirt. Yeah. And I've got a blue uh, jumper on with um, a light blue shirt on blue and white almost so subconscious support yeah we are sort we are sort of wearing um our respective teams colors even though i did forget the shirt so i've brought mine anyway mine's mine's a black away shirt from last season but we won't go into it because this is an audio podcast and people can't actually see it yeah that's that is true so 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 we should probably uh negate that for now We'll, we'll we'll post we'll post some sort of picture about this i'm sure anyway um busy week for you very busy week for me although probably busier for the players um, mm. you know I don't know how people feel about um, the fact that the game against Brentford was moved to Monday night the coaching staff seemed to be okay with it because it gave them time um, to recover from the the long trip to Swansea which of course came after a trip to Ipswich yeah. and I think they, they felt that playing Brentford on Saturday would have been um, much more difficult than playing them on Monday but had they they didn't win that game against Brentford, you know. Yeah, it was it was a it was only a draw. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to the game in a minute. Um, and now, Villa come to the Hawthorns with two extra days to prepare. Yeah, and flying on form. So I'd be interested to see what uh, what Darren Moore says about that. Um, you know, in his uh, in his pre-match press conference later today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a big week, and I'm sure, like a lot of people, Monday night was just a warm up. Yeah, and, uh, for what is going to be a a a, a real a real heavyweight clash, I think, on Friday, and one that um, I'm really looking forward to. Mm. Um, it's great to have both teams on form going into the game. Um, it's the first derby, proper derby, for nearly three years. I mean, I don't really count Birmingham City as as, as a a, no, no real hatred between as a rival. Teams, is there? You know, it, it's, it is essentially Wolves or Villa, um, and it's been it's been nearly three years since uh, they last played Villa, and obviously even longer since they last played Wolves. So, um, the the season does miss these games. You know, the yeah. last couple of seasons they do miss these games. I mean, they there, there was a bit of um, I suppose to fill the vacuum. There was a bit of animosity towards Stoke City in the last couple of seasons. I mean, you, you had a a few connections there with, I mean, this season, obviously McLean left and you had obviously the Pulis factor in previous years gone by. Fletcher before that as Fletcher, well. Fletcher, but Fletcher was well-liked at Albion, so mm. I don't think that played too much of a part. Berahino, of course, yeah. was a big one. So there was a sort of almost faux rivalry um, created, but it pales into comparison to this. Um, this is the big one. This is... One of the biggest games of the season, really, for for Albion, uh, and maybe one of the biggest games of the season for for Villa as well. Obviously, after the Blues game, so yeah. um, I, I 
absolutely can't wait for the game, to be honest. Are you one of those nervous, nervous Derby Day fans going, going the whole week waiting for, in anticipation, but at the same time nervous excitement? Because it's a game you definitely don't want to lose, but I mean, the stakes the stakes are high, aren't they? The stakes are very high in this game, purely because it's, it's dripping with so much subplot, and I'm sure we'll come on to all of that um, mm. later on in the podcast. But um, I, oddly enough, I was more nervous about the Villa game before the Brentford match. Um, mm. I know they dropped two points against Brentford, but they played very well in the first half. Yeah. And um, they deserved to win the game. And Brentford were poor. Um, you know, don't don't get me wrong. But, um, and uh, and Albion missed chances and should have won. But I've, for some reason, I, I just think that that draw might, um, might encourage the squad to almost have this attitude of, come on, we should have won that game. Mm. Let's put things right on Friday and, and deliver a statement victory because I think there is confidence in the squad at the moment, the way they're playing. This new system seems to be working um, and I thought there were some fantastic performances on Monday, particularly in the middle from James Morrison, Matt Phillips. Um, those two, along with Kieran Gibbs, were my, were my picks uh, from the team. I thought those three were the best players on the pitch on the night. Um, and uh, I, I just think this this system works. I mean, Dawson and Higazi kept Mope, who is one of the league's top scorers, mm. one of the most lethal strikers in the division, quiet for the whole game. And look, we'll, you know, we'll discuss the goal, but and we'll discuss the, the lack of clean sheets and, and, and other aspects of the game. But I actually think, despite that being a draw, it was just one of those games where you get, you get sucker punched by a late goal. I mean, it's becoming a bit of a bad habit conceding the late goals mm. and I wonder if there's like a mental fatigue or if it's a complacency towards the end that they think the job is done they need to, they need to sort that because it actually it's sort of a hangover from last season as well um, and it's cost them points this season but um, I think overall there are more positives and negatives to take for Monday night yeah certainly and uh, let's talk about that game a fair bit now um is it one of the most one-sided draws you've covered I mean it's almost the equivalent or the opposite, I should say, of, of Blues Albion. Yes, yeah, it, it, it was um, spot on. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I, I wrote in my report, it's uh, after a weekend of one-sided draws in boxing, yeah. here was another one. Um, they should have been home and hose by half-time. Mm. Rodriguez, don't know how he missed that in the, in, in the, in the third minute. I think um, the balls, I mean, Darren Moore was kind afterwards saying the ball skipped off up off the turf, he still he still has to put it away. He's yeah. so close, um, you know. Shades of Carnu, um, <laughs> that infamous miss um, again. Oh, I can't remember who that was against now, but that was um, it wasn't as close as that. But it was it 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 was it was almost as shocking because you were yeah. just waiting for the net to to bulge. And then Robson Carnu should have should have put a header. It he was five yards out, central position has to score that. Yeah, he might have got a little touch in the back, which just pushed him a bit further forward, but. He still has to score that, I think. Mm. Um, and then there was another, there was other wasted opportunities, particularly in the first half. Um, you know, from Barnes and Robson, Carno and Rodriguez, where they really should have been three or four nil up. But as Darren Moore said afterwards, it is it is tricky to criticise them because they have been so clinical in front of goal this season. They have, you know, this is not a they don't usually waste chances. They 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 normally stick them away. So. Um, you know, you think about the Leeds game. Mm. They stuck away so many chances in that game. Um, 
you know, you think about you think about any other time they've them. I mean, they scored four more goals five times already this season. So that it it, it does feel a bit churlish to to criticise them. Mm. Albeit, I think you know that was the main reason they lost the game. Um, yeah, and then but I suppose ninety nine times out of a hundred, they're winning that game, aren't they? Yes, I think afterwards Dan Moore said, you know, we'll win more games than we lose playing like that, and he's spot on. Um, they controlled the game, as I said, thought Phillips and Morrison were superb, thought Gibbs played really well, and that bodes well because we've got a tough, he's got a tough um, evening coming up against um, a rejuvenated Yannick Balassi. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think they, they, they should have put it to bed, but you know these things happen. Um, and I think that the missed chances in the first half were arguably the main reason that they that they didn't win it. Mm. But I also think that after Barnes scored the goal, Darren Moore should have made some substitutions. I mean, he brought Gale on at half-time for Robson Carnu, partly, I think, to try and get his main goal scorer on the pitch, but also because Robson Carnu had, had hurt his knee and, and he wanted to be, precaution, you know, be precautionary and not do further damage to him. Um, but I think when once you go 1-0 up and Barnes finds that goal, I think... I think I personally thought Darren Moore should have bought on um, Gareth Barry or Chris Brunt for either Morrison or Phillips. Now, mm. Morrison and Phillips were playing well, so that might have um, impacted his decision. Um, they, he also saw that team close out the game against Swansea admirably, and they did really well there. Yeah. Um, so again, that might have influenced his decision. But I think, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, and obviously Brentford went on to um, went on to score. Um, but I think Albion need. I think. The subs needed to come at one nil, to sh- just to sh- like um, make sure that the game close the game out, get Barry on, or even get Brunt on, mm. and just get them to step on the ball and, and and play some settle things down, play some sensible passes because Brentford were coming at Albion at the end. Um, that being said, um, you know I I do think that there's been um, and maybe maybe I've been at fault for this as well, but I do think there's been a slight overreaction to that. Mm. Um, to that um, that inability to 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 make those substitutions or, or that 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 willingness not to make substitutions, but, you know I think Darren Moore since he arrived since he became caretaker boss in April has got far more right than he has wrong. Mm. Um, you know I think we need to remember they're third in the table. He is a new manager. Um, it's his first proper season in charge. He is constantly learning. Um, and you know that's why the Leeds result in the subsequent form has been so good because yeah. it was you know it was it was a massive step on on his development uh, journey. Um, and, I th- and for me, you know, part of the joy of this season or was what I wrote in summer is that we're going to hopefully see Darren Moore um, develop into a a competent manager. Now, um, I think he sometimes gets unfairly. Um, you know, I I do understand that he doesn't always. Uh, make his points fantastically post match or, or or even pre match, but I think sometimes he that's that he, that's used as a brush to beat like to beat him with um, yeah, slightly yeah. unfairly because um, he you know I, just because he he doesn't you know get get across his point as um, eruditely as others uh, you know it doesn't necessarily mean he's not uh, a great manager um, yeah I'm not saying he's a great manager that doesn't necessarily mean he's a good manager. Um, you know, Alan Pardew was fantastic in the in the press, but he he wasn't fantastic in the dressing room. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's dangerous to read too much in, into that sort of thing. Um, and I and I do think we do have to appreciate what he's done. Um, completely turned the fortunes of this club around. I mean, remember when he took over? Yeah. Um, 
there was genuine concerns of Albion doing a Sunderland and double mm-hmm. dipping. That's how that's how toxic it had got. Yeah. That's how bad it had got. And he's managed to. And yes, they've got a fantastic squad for this league. I'm not denying that. And um, you know, they've especially the starting eleven. You know, it's, it's a really strong team, and they should be up near the top. But they are not near the top. Yeah, and it's ten points from twelve. Um, and you know, they want they want to run a former, and and he's doing a good job. And um, in my opinion, you know, no manager gets it right every time. So why would we expect a new manager to? Mm. Um, and I, I, look. I'm all for critiquing, um, and, I, and I personally think he should have made substitutions at one 0 But I, I do find the some of the, some of the responses, not all of them, some of the responses have been slightly over the top. Um, do you reckon that comes down to the fact that he is an inexperienced manager? At I the think moment? so. I think it's, it's almost an easy thing to say because he's only been in the job for such a short period. I think of time. Pe- I think people are. I think if you have a if you had um, an experienced manager, and we'll come on to Dean Smith, I'm sure, because you know. Had things gone differently, it could be Dean Smith leading out West Brom tomorrow. Yeah, very much so. But um, had there, had there been a manager with maybe a bit more um, a bit more experience in the bank, people, um, you know, a, a few a, a, a few past successes to draw upon. I think people would would be like, okay, well, let's let's go with this and let's see mm. let's see how it goes. I mean, look at Leeds and look at the way that Bielsa has been welcomed. By their fans. Yeah. Uh, now I know they're above Albion in the table at the moment, um, but he is he is very stubborn. Um, doesn't change his his system ever, um, and sometimes that's to the detriment of his team. But yeah. he insists, no, no, this is the way we're playing. Um, now, but he's been well warmly received because he has this back catalogue of fantastic success. Yeah. Um, if if Darren Moore had been as stubborn as Bielsa. I don't think he would have been given as much patience. Um, I'd agree, certainly not. So, um, because he would have been seen as, oh, he can't change, he's, he's a one-trick pony or something, or whatever like that. But bearing in mind the fact that, you know, he completely changed his style at the start of the season from what he played towards the end of last season. And then he completely changed his style again yeah. uh, when it wasn't working. Um, arguably did it a bit too late, but not before it was terminal um, mm. and look at what's happened since I mean he, he, he does deserve credit and um, people say well his in-game management isn't up to scratch that's that that is a, probably a fair criticism to label at him at the moment but he is learning um, you know he is new to management okay he's been a coach before but you know making those decisions that's management isn't it yeah um, and at other times this season, he has got it right. He has made good subs um, that have um, won out or won out being games or seen out games. Um, and at times, like the Swansea game, he's decided to hold off, and they, they they've seen out the game as well. So um, I, I I just think a bit of patience. He deserves a bit of patience and a bit of uh, a bit of uh, acknowledgement of 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 what of where Albion are at the moment. Um, but yeah, and and we'll come on to we'll come on to Villa and we'll come on to Dean Smith, I'm sure. Um, but I, I just think it, if Albion are turned over by Villa on 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 Friday and and you know Dean Smith out tactics or what out manages Darren Moore, then that is not necessarily a stick with which to beat Darren Moore with. It's arguably a stick to beat the owners with. Yeah, certainly I'd agree there. Now you did mention the defence; they did well to keep Neil McQuire. Um, but still no clean sheet. 
Um, I mean, Sam Johnston pulls off a great save. I think it was from Sergi Canos, was it? Um, but the header at the end is, is a is a sickener. But at the same time, you've seen Albion's defensive record, and you think you know you need a second goal at the moment. It's getting a bit um, laughable, actually. Um, they look they're defending better at the moment since yeah. moving to this system. They have looked a lot more solid. Um, and they have conceded just one goal, I think, in something like it's something like seven of the last eight games. Mm. Um, it's something like that. I don't know. I don't know the stats, but it's certainly the last four games um, that they've played this system. They've only conceded one goal. And when you score, when you score as many as Albion do, you probably are going to win the game more often than not. But if you want to go up, I think you need to keep more clean sheets than one in twenty. If you want to go up automatically, mm. um, I, otherwise you're going to drop points like they did against Brentford. Um, I think it's something they need to sort out. I think the clean sheet is coming. I would be surprised if it came on Friday. I would be very surprised if but, any team kept a clean sheet on Friday. But I, um, I think I think a clean sheet is around the corner. Um, they got very, they've come very close to it on a number of occasions. Um, it might just be a mental thing that they it might just be one of those coincidences in football that happens every now and then. But um, there are promising signs at the back. Dawson and Higazi look far better in this system. Gibbs is playing well at the moment. Adrobio, who was at fault for the goal and, and should have got a, should not have let the man come in front of him, um, has also looked solid. Um, so, yes, they are improving at the back, but they just need to get that clean sheet over the line. I, mean, I suppose the only worry is if you're not taking chances and then conceding goals. That'd be the worry. But yeah, Albion, but it's one... you think Albion are going to take their chances because that game against Brentford was just a bit of a one-off, I think. Well, it's one game, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't think of too many other games where I've thought, oh, they've, they, they're ruining missed chances. Mm. Um, the other games, have, they've almost been far too clinical and it's been and it's been a bit, it's papered over the cracks before they switched to this new system. So, um, look, we'll, we'll wait and see as the season pans out, but yeah, they need to start keeping clean sheets if they want to go up automatically. Certainly do, because at the end of the day, it's an old adage, but defence wins championships whereas scoring wins games doesn't it I would say so yeah although this is a crazy league so um, you do need to uh, you do need to score goals to, to win games um, and I've said before Darren Moore built his team almost from the front back and um, it's just given them a fantastic platform um, and confidence that they will score goals now if they can tighten up at the back which they seem to be doing then yeah, I mean that's that's the balance that you have to find, isn't it? Certainly is. Uh, let's quickly talk about the FA Cup, Matt. Um, Albion face Wigan at home. I suppose you're happy with a home draw, aren't you? In that third round, I'm certainly happy with a home draw. But I don't know if you saw the uh, the draw, but it was very close to being Wolves or Villa. Oh, Wolves would have been great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was very close. It was down to the last eight balls, um, so only four ties left, and you had Albion, Wolves, and Villa all there. It was quite nail-biting actually um, and I thought considering this is the longest this is the longest um, we've gone without a black country derby mm. uh, since the 1930s so you know it's what's it nearly seven years now it's, it's been it's a while a, it's a long time so um, that the game view walls would have been an absolute blockbuster but uh wasn't to be it's Wigan Athletic instead so yeah. always a fourth round there's always the fourth round, you never know. Hypothetically, would you fancy this West Brom squad against Wolves? Especially at the moment on the run that they're on. I, know, I don't want to linger on Wolves too much, but they're not in the best of form at the moment. I think it'd be a cracking game. I think when you've got when you've got two rivals like that playing their first game for, for nearly seven years, I think it almost doesn't matter where they are. Um, anything can happen. Um, 
and especially when one of them's near near the top of the championship and one of them's in the bottom half of the Premier League I think you know like you say I think it would be quite an even game but I'd love to watch that it would it would it would be cracking yeah yeah certainly would be um, are you happy with Wigan though at home it's a winnable game mm-hmm. meh I mean it's not it doesn't, it doesn't really excite me either way to be honest FA Cup on the whole is not exciting a load of people the FA Cup excites me uh, as a competition. I love the FA Cup. I mean, third round d- day is probably my favourite day of the year. But, um, you know, this it's not the, it is not the, uh, the main objective of the season. And Wigan, well, we've already played them. Uh, I think if, if Albion were drawn against the lower league side or, uh, I mean, maybe not a Premier League side because that's a bit boring as well, but a lower league side that a way that they hadn't hadn't played for a while or um, non-league side or, or, or one, of, one of the rivals and then it would be exciting but Wigan going to play them twice anyway this season so I don't think it's that exciting Do you reckon it's more of a chance for the fringe players? I mean I don't want to do a preview of Wigan here but FA Cup fringe players or do you see Darren Moore kind of trying to push on in the competition? I think he'll play uh, fringe players in that game but we'll, we'll wait and see Right uh before we touch on questions and, of course, the big the big talking matter of this podcast, let's talk about January a little bit. Because uh, you had a story the other day. Uh, Moore and, Moore's had discussions now with Grouch Online. Um, is that today or this week, shall we say? Um, what, what do you think his main focus will be regarding January? I think... Well, they've got a couple of things they need to tie up. They need to figure out whether they want to keep Hulahan and Mears on for the, for the season because um, they're out of contract in January. Um, they need to decide whether they need to speak to Manchester City and, and Leicester City and get assurances that Barnes and, and Adrobio are going to stay for the season. At the moment, I would I would uh, I would err on the side of they are going to stay. Um, mm-hmm. I think Adrobio especially will, will will definitely stay, and I think but I think Barnes will as well. I think um, I think Leicester have got enough attacking talent, um, you know, epitomised by James Madison Madison's goal at the weekend that. They don't need to recall him. I think they would rather him have a, uh, a standout season in, in the Championship um, than come back and warm the bench in the Premier League. He's playing every game. Yeah. Um, he's playing every minute, really. Um, and I don't know if Barnes is, is completely ready for the Premier League yet. He is capable of moments of, a, of absolute brilliance. Um, you know, epitomised perhaps by the Swansea game where. He was, I thought he was poor. It was one of his worst games of the season. Then he hit the post. Yeah. Um, 13 minutes to go and, and nearly put the game to bed. Um, and then, you know, um, even against uh, even against Brentford, I thought there were times when he didn't make the right decision. Yeah. Um, but he still put the ball on the plate for Rodriguez and and still scored. So um, he is he has got some developing to do. But I mean, I mean, if he if he adds consistency to his game, he's going to be fantastic because he's already got eight goals and they've all been pretty spectacular, to be fair. Yeah. So um, you know, he's only one behind Rodriguez and Gale, which just shows the level he's performing at. Um, I, yeah, I, I just think they'll, they'll probably yeah, they'll probably keep him uh, yeah. for the season. What about Lyle? Do you reckon he's he's going to be there at the derby, or is he is he he's going to miss it? He's not. I don't think he's going to to the Villa game. Uh, I think he's he's due to fly back uh, before that. Um, Poor planning from him that. <laughs> Well, I think he was, um, you know... I'm sure he's very busy. He's a busy boy, isn't he? And um, I think he just coincided with some other things uh, that he wanted to do. Um, 
they met. They all met yesterday on Tuesday. Um, it was a meeting between Lai, um, technical director Luke Dowling, head coach Darren Moore, um, chief executive Mark Jenkins, and they uh, they discussed a number of things, um, and including the January transfer window. Be really interesting to see what Albion do in the window, um, whether they gamble a bit and mm. and and decide right we've got a great opportunity of getting back up at the first attempt let's go for it um spend a bit of money on on and get one or two new players in or whether they stick with what they've got and think that that should be enough um it probably largely depends on on outgoings as well um can they do you see anyone going well i mean i think burnley will probably return for jay rodriguez maybe even Craig Dawson, because they defensively look an absolute shambles. Although I don't know whether that, that if you, if Dawson you're one of those was. players, though, and you see Burnley in the position they're in, and you look at the position you're in at Albion, do you think, well, maybe it's best off to hang on until at least the summer? Because then, if Albion say that Albion don't go up and Burnley do stay up, then it's the decision's a little bit easier. Whereas at the moment, Burnley in the position where they might not be in the Premier League next season. There is that, but you've also got to remember that the club has got to accept. The um, the of offer course. and um, they they played hardball in in the summer um, and I and I'm, I'm sure the message will be to both those players um, look see out the season with us at least because we we think we're going back up um, and you, yeah that will be the message you can't guarantee that Burnley are going to stay up um, mm. but Rodriguez particularly the lure of his hometown club will be in will, will, will pull greatly so um, the other the other um, people that they could sell is, is Oliver Burke whether you'd get much yeah. money for him I'm, I'm not sure I mean you're not going to recuperate the 15 million pounds spent um, but you know he's obviously got potential I mean he's, he's obviously not getting any minutes with Albion um, you know, Darren Moore has admitted that he might send him out on loan and they put him on this special training regime but if someone came in with an offer um, I think you'd have to consider it so yeah. uh, especially if it lets you Bring in somebody that 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 you want um, elsewhere. Um, the big one for me uh, uh, is Matt Phillips. Really, I mean, I hope he's making. Um, he's been fantastic this season. I mm. think. I mean, he, he's been ever and especially since moving into this new role. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there are Premier League clubs taking a look at him and thinking, yes, he's capable of doing it um, in the top tier because I, th- I think he's proven that before in the past with, with West Brom. He had a poor season last season, um, but they all did. Mm. Um, before that, he was he was he was one of the um, talismans in that in that fantastic uh, season under Pudis when they finished tenth, uh, should have finished eighth that year. Um, and Phillips was a driving force behind that, and he's played playing a number of roles: played wing back, played um, he can play as. A, in, in a front three, he can play as, as an out-and-out winger, and now he's proven he can play in a midfield three. I think he's a fantastic, versatile player with capable of doing a number of things. So, um, I would be nervous about clubs coming in for him as well. Do you reckon he? Well, Albion fans will look at, at Matt Phillips and they'll think maybe he's been out. I think a lot of fans, maybe outside of Albion, will look at Albion and see Harvey Barnes and Dwight Gale, and then maybe Matt Phillips. Do you reckon he's helped? Albion fans are helped out by that as in a Premier League club might see it in the same way they might see not see him as the light which Albion fans do I think Premier League clubs um, scout their players Mm. and if you scout your players and if you come and watch the West Brom game you will see how well Matt Phillips is playing Um, I don't think 
I don't think that they, they they don't just look at who's scoring all the goals. They, yeah. They they do their research. So I don't you know. I think if anyone comes to a West Brom game in the last sort of few weeks, um, and even before that, to be fair to him, he's had a cracking season, Phillips. Mm. So um, hopefully, um, hopefully they can hold on to him. Um, if, if anyone does come calling, where do you stand on that stick or twist? You mentioned that Albion could maybe gamble in, in January. If it was up to you, um, and you were you were said Albion are keeping all their players, would you gamble in January if you were the man in charge? Um, yes, mainly because if you don't go up this season, this is the best opportunity uh, the club has got to go back up. They've got parachute payments. They've They've got a lot of the squad um, that are Premier League players. I mean, Kieran Gibbs, Craig Dawson, um, any arguably Jay Rodriguez, Jake Livermore, um, even players like Morrison and Brunt, although they're getting on. Mm. These are all Premier League players, um, players that have experience at the top tier. Um, Matt Phillips as well. Um, if you don't go up this season... Uh, you run the risk of losing a lot of those players um, and it requires a big rebuild in the summer. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you, it can't be done, um, but this is the best opportunity the club has. The championship is like quicksand. It pulls you in and it drags you and it keeps you there. It is notoriously hard to get out of. In the past, West Brom have been fantastic at, at bouncing back. Um, you know, you go back to the yo-yo years um, and I think that's what they need to do this year. Um is it worth gambling in January? I think it is. Um, if I was the owner and I had the cash, I would uh, I would think about um, dipping into the pocket um, because within reason, you know, you don't want to mm. splurge and then not go up and leave yourself open um, open to uh, to financial ruin down the line. Um, but I think. A, a calculated gamble in January might be worth the risk because um, because this is the best chance they're going to have. Attacking midfield, do you think, or elsewhere? I think they need a right-back, arguably another centre-back. Um, but, then, but then again, you know, in a long season goals win you matches um, and if they can pick up another striker or another attacking midfielder uh, then that wouldn't be I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't sniff at it put it that way but um, I'm not sure it's it's the um, it's the focus considering how well they're doing in front of goal mm. in the main Monday aside yeah Right, let's go on to questions, Matt. Questions, we've got plenty of them. Uh, first one comes from Richard Downing. January spending budget, do you expect the club to push the boat out and spend a bit in the window? Kind of just discussed that. Um, no idea on budget yet, though, for sure. No, um, I think it depends largely on on if there are any outgoings. Um, they're in an overdraft and they will have to uh, borrow more money in March, even if they don't buy anybody, because of future transfer payments and, and, and wage uh, commitments. Um, so, but I do think that, that that there is money there um, that they are willing to spend. Um, you know, because they had, they were willing to spend money towards the end of the transfer window. Um, mm. 
not masses, but you know, I would say roughly around seven, eight million. Um, they will be getting money. They will be getting payments from the Nasser Chadley sale. Although um, that will only just you know, you got to remember that the club has um, its 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 uh, its income has been slashed in half from yeah. a hundred million to roughly fifty million. Um, and while the players have have all had flex downs on their contracts. Um, there are there, it's a bigger it, it's a bigger squad than it was um, and there are more weight you know there are I wouldn't be surprised if it was a higher percentage mm. of wages um, taking up the turnover this year than there was last year and bearing in mind that it was pretty high last year as well so um, you know it's it's it is it is a tricky balancing act Um but yeah, we'll wait and see. Yep. Scott Lowe, uh, do you feel it's time to drop J-Rod and bring Gale up top? Well, he had a very poor game on Monday, obviously missed the chance. Um, and like another couple of other other chances. Um, I, I can understand that thinking. The idea would be put Gale in the middle because I think he's wasted out wide. I thought he, he didn't really have the desired effect um, on the right-hand side in the second half against Brentford. Put Gay in the middle and put Robson Kano out out wide right in this four three three where Robson Kano has been playing quite well I think mm. um, and, he, and I think Albion missed his his physical presence up front in the second half um, although he missed two really good opportunities in the first half um, you know these strikers if they were if they were the complete package they wouldn't necessarily be playing in the championship so yeah um, Gay and, and Robson Kano are, are very different players and, and and the conversation has been well who. Who do you pick out of those two? Well, you could argue that you, you play them both, and then you, and then you um, then you drop Rodriguez. But for me, I think Rodriguez's off the ball work is is has been fantastic recently. His fitness is very is very good. I didn't have a great game against Brentford, and maybe he's been overworked. Um, so I think I think that is an option that's worth looking at. Although I wonder if this knee injury is going to make Darren Moore's mind up for him. Um, you know, Robson Carnu. It, it's a very quick turnaround to the Villa game, so mm. we, we might see a front three of Gale, Rodriguez, and, and Barnes. But if that's the case, yeah, I think Gale in the middle and, and, and Rodriguez out wide, uh, you know, sort of um, doing the Robson Carney role wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, I, they they need to get it right though um, against Villa because um, you know that team is flying high at the moment. Um, mm. But it's it, you know. Finding that balance is important. I don't think you can drop Barnes. Yeah, I, I think, don't think I, so. I just think he's capable of producing those moments of magic that you need. Mm. Um, and even if he does sometimes drift, um, and some, even if he does sometimes uh, lose the ball or in, in, in poor places and, and doesn't make the right decisions, I think he's capable of. I think you have to accept that that comes with a with a with a mercurial talent like that, and the, the fact that he's capable of producing producing such moments, you have to stick with him. You need uh, to look at like a Wednesday game for that. Well, exactly. You I know, think, we popped up and turned that game around. Well, exactly. I think I think that's a, that's the case. So I think you I think you you leave Barnes, um, but yeah, the, that that is an option. Galen Robson Carnu. Whether it's an option on Friday, I don't know because of Robson Carnu's uh, knee injury. Mm. Uh, Sphere outlines: Is Houlihan likely to stay after January? Um, I'm not sure yet. I think that will be in the melting pot. With the January window, if whether they, it depends on whether they where they look to strengthen. Um, it's obvious that you know Houlihan and, and, and Sacco and Mears were um, have been bought in as safety nets essentially, mm. haven't they? Um, Short term contracts, um, 
just to provide squad um, updates. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that Hulahan hasn't featured more, but then I suppose the system doesn't fit him. You know, there's no number 10 role in the 4 3 3. Yeah. And in the 3 4 1 2, um, you know, who's brought in his cover for Barnes, and Barnes was playing so well. So, um, you know, uh, will. Do they think that they they need him going forward, um, or do they think actually Morrison's up to speed now? We've got Barnes who can play ten. We've got Morrison who can play ten. Maybe we don't need him, and maybe we need to divert funds elsewhere. Um, he's not featured much recently, um, but for me, the, the the main one would be Sacco. I mean, I'd, he was he was signed until the end of the season, yeah, um, and he's barely featured. And when he did come on against Hull, he was absolutely dreadful. Mm. Um, and since then, he's 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 had another injury, um, and then he played in in, in the under twenty threes last Friday. Um, but you know he's not exactly knocking on the door because he's not been in, in the match day squad recently. So so that is looking like a a questionable purchase at this at this time. Mm-hmm. Long season, he may have a massive impact in the second half of the, of the campaign. We don't know. I mean, if he scores of four or five goals in, in, in March, yeah, that could prove to be the difference. So I think we've got to give him a bit of time. But um, yeah, at the moment, it's not looking not looking too good. Um, Hulahan and Mears, though, is, is a more immediate um, more immediate uh, question because obviously their contracts are up in January. be interesting to see whether, whether they, Darren Moore has been convinced by Mears as a, and Adder Bio particularly, yeah. if he's happy with that at right back. Because right back was obviously where they wanted to strengthen in the summer. If he's happy with that at right back as a, as a, as a two, um, then maybe he could look elsewhere um, and uh, just keep Mears on because he, he he will be on um, relative peanuts compared to the rest of the squad. So we won't be expensive to keep to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Houlihan, um, yeah, if, if it depends. Um, it depends on whether they think four three three is the way forward and well, is, is he is he going to feature in that system? Um, arguably not. So. A question, you know, um, decisions to be made on both of those, but I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't made until the end of the month, mm. purely because, um, although I think Mears' contract is up at the start of the month, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was kept on, kept around, kept training with the club, yeah. maybe maybe even handed another a little deal towards the end of January, and then they assess, come the end of January, where they are, what they've done, do we still need them? We will wait and see. Uh, Rich, he asks, how serious is the owner really about the club? How much does he actually care about it? And Stuart Hunt follows up saying, well, he's only been once this season and we have a chairman now that nobody has heard anything from. Uh, well, having never spoken to Grouch online, I don't, I don't know how serious he is um, about it. But I think um, I would imagine... He obviously wants it to be a Premier League club. He bought he bought a pre, he bought what he thought was a, pre, a stable Premier League club. He wants it to be in the Premier League because that with that comes the global recognition and 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 and, and all that sort. Um, you know, he he essentially bought bought the club um, as a part vanity project, as a part part marketing tool for himself. Uh, yeah. Back in China, you know, we can build these. Um, these West Bromwich Albion soccer towns in 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 in, in provinces in, in China, um, because we have this tie with 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 a Premier League entity. Does that um, does that gravitas deplete when you're in the Championship? Yes, mm. um, you know, especially in in the global audience. Um, I mean, even in this country, people don't pay as much attention to the championship as they should but especially in a global audience mm. it's all about the Premier League so it'll be really interesting to see what Lai does 
um, should Albion um, not go up this year and maybe not go up next year? I'd be interested to see whether he whether he sticks with it or whether he looks to cut his losses and sell. Mm. He spent two hundred million pounds on the club, so um, you know it wasn't a you know it's not a a random investment. It's uh, it, it's obviously. Um, it's obviously something he's put a lot of money into. So, um, and I don't care who you are uh, or how rich you are, yeah. £200 million is a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, it's not something that he is just going to write off or throw away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we are, we are yet to see the extent of his ambition. I think... Um, It'll be interesting to see what it does in January. Because if he dips his hand into his pocket in January and says, right, I want this to be a Premier League club, that's why I bought it, let's do it, let's go back up, mm. um, then, then yeah. But businessmen are quite often pragmatic um, and he, you know, he may be thinking, we've got enough to go up. I'm not going to waste any more money on this. Um, I've been burnt in the past um, by by this by this investment, um, particularly last season when I entrusted other people um, to look after it and it, it went down the toilet, um, why should I give four, third, you know, 20, 30 million more pounds to um, this new set of, uh, you know, board members yeah. uh, to, 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 to throw away on, on a footballer in January? Um, we wait and see, but... Um, I, I would be surprised if he didn't care about it because he's put £200 million into it. Mm. Jay's Long asks an interesting question. He says, a bit different here, but in regards to the caps that are being even given out at games now, are there any players you think who will refuse to come and collect one? I uh, just think I can't imagine Berahino getting a good reception if and when he collected it. That's a good point, yeah. I'd be surprised if... I mean, th- there are so many players in Albion's history that... Um, you know, I think they can get through a number of them before they have to do Berahino, and they'll probably look to do Berahino in a in a, in a few years' time when things have died down um, a bit. You know, even I mean, just for example, if if Steve Bull came back um, mm. came back now, I, you know, he would get a a pantomime reception, but it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be um, vitriolic. Yeah. Um, if, you know, Rob, you know, remember Robert, you know, um, Peter Odenwingi, um driving his car to QPR. At that time, your fans hated that. Yeah. Now, when he, when, when he returns, he's, he's, he's adored. Now, we haven't reached that point in Berahino. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think time heals all wounds and I think with the passage of time in, in, in 10 or 15 years time, I, I think, there, there, there might be a, a situation where he could come back and, you know, a bit when he's a bit older and wiser, perhaps, um, and, and receive his. But it's, it's an interesting point. I wonder. I wonder if anyone has refused them so far. I don't. I, I doubt they have. Yeah, I, I doubt that. Um, James Clark, is it true we're bidding thirty-two million pounds for Harvey Barnes? It's a lot of money. I, well, I I've not seen that, and I'd be very surprised if that was the case. Paul McNally. £32 million for Barnes. £32. You reckon Leicester will take that? What, where's that come from? I don't know. James Clark asked the question. Um, would Leicester take that? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, at West Brom are not going to... I'd be very surprised <laughs> if West Brom bought Harvey Barnes for £32 million in January considering that what they will... Would, what they would try to do would be to 
ensure that he sees out his season long loan. You know, he has yeah. agreed to be here for the rest of the season. So um, that might, uh, maybe in the summer, but even then, that's a lot of money. Mm. Um, I mean, that would be smashing the transfer. That would be smashing the transfer record by double. I, I've no idea where that's come from, but I, I really cannot see that happening in January at all. Very, very surprising. Paul Natale, um is a point a good result on Friday following Monday's result? I think a point is a good result on Friday. Um, it keeps the unbeaten run up to five games. Villa are probably the, the informed team in the league alongside Norwich. Mm-hmm. Um, they're flying at the moment. They've just swatted aside Middlesbrough, who are promotion hope, hopefuls, hopefuls 3-0. They've just beaten Derby. They've just beaten Birmingham City. These are all good sides, mm-hmm. and they've just spanked pretty much all three of them. So I think a draw is a good result. Um, it keeps keeps Alvin ticking along um, and I think you probably take that in a derby especially when um, they come I, mean, I know it's at home but especially when Villa are on, are on such a rich reign of form both of those games are away as well by the way derby and Borough so they know how to, they know how to plan an away day yeah I mean that they are as I said they're the informed side in, in the division right let's talk about that game Matt let's, let's spend some time organised here we go a couple, couple segments planned for this here um, we go Let's talk first, though. I mean, there's so much subplot. I mean, there's so much about this game. It's not just on the pitch, is it? You've got. Should we talk about Dean Smith first, the man that yeah. could have, that could have been in, in in the hot seat of the Hawthorns? Yeah, he could have been, and um, he was interviewed for the job uh, when Alan Pardew was sacked. It was down to him and Darren Moore. That was the two um, that that Mark Jenkins took over to uh, to Grouch Online in China before they made their decisions. And there were members of the board at the time who I think thought Smith was the right choice. Mm. Um, so it was fans as well saying it at one point? Yeah, I said it um, at one point. Um, I think I think Richard Garlick um, and Mark Jenkins were both not... I think, I, th- I think they also were aware of what Darren Moore was doing. Yeah. And I think, okay, well, here's a new bright young coach who's, who's, who's showing, who's proving himself. But I think they... There were members of the board who, who thought Smith was um, a very good choice. Um, and um, the owners decided to, to go with Darren Moore. Um, so we, we, could, we could be sitting, and understandably so, by the way, considering what he's done yeah. and, 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 and his, his, his affinity to the club. I mean, he is a man who puts the club beyond first, beyond everything else. So um, beyond any of his own personal traits and um, you know at the moment it, it, it's, it's, it looks like a good appointment um, but yes we could be sitting here with, with, with Dean Smith uh, in charge um, as I said earlier whatever happens on Friday whatever happens for the rest of the season even if Aston Villa go up as champions um, I, I don't think that that should be used as a stick with which to beat Darren Moore with Mm. Um, I, I personally think that the the way that we should measure success this season is we should is different for Darren Moore and different for the club, um, the owners. Um, if Smith does go on and achieve what he wants to with with Villa, the owners will have to take some criticism criticism for overlooking Dean Smith at that, that stage. If Darren Moore doesn't succeed, mm-hmm. if Darren Moore succeeds in his aim and in the club's aim then it actually doesn't matter what Dean Smith does. Yeah. Um, 
it doesn't matter what Villa do. Um, because I can... And, and and regardless of what happens, Darren Moore should be judged differently because he is. this is his first season, season in, in management and yes, he's got a strong squad, but that needs to be taken... His inexperience needs to be taken into account and he needs to be given... Um, a bit of patience and a bit of time and a bit of uh, a chance to to learn and, and develop and and no I I am curious you know about what you know what is the point of football and people say oh it's, it's about winning it's mm. about success it's about glory well, yes it is but it's also about um, it's also about that sense of community yeah. it's also about that sense of feeling um, appreciated by your club it's also about that sense of feeling wanted by your club about um, having a connection with your club having a connection with the fans having a connection with the players and, and, and the connection with um, the manager Darren Moore offers all that mm. he cares um, and, I, and uh, that's really crucial to me um, and I think it should be crucial to the fans as well he really cares about the fans talks about them constantly um, doesn't resent them mm-hmm. like previous managers have Um cares deeply for them and is doing his utmost he's doing his utmost to try and deliver the, to them what they want um, and I, I think that's important um, because especially in this day and age when you've got a big six in the Premier League who aren't going to be shifted yeah what's the point of of football well it's it is that sense of it is that sense of a of a long lost community that is that is no longer there really in the modern world, mm. and Darren Moore, um, Darren Moore delivers that, and I, and and you know I th- I don't think we should lose that regardless of what happens on Friday, regardless of what happens for the rest of the season. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be critiqued. It doesn't mean he can't be analysed. It doesn't mean his performance can't be um, picked apart and, and looked at. But I just think that that does need to be remembered. Mm. Um, you know, in my in in my own perfect world. West Brom go up champions, Villa go up second. Oh. And that's that, I think that would be perfect for the region. Um, and, you know, it, it'd be great. Because Dean Smith, you know, even since his time at Warsaw, has come across like a fantastic chap. I, 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 I said he should have, I said at the time he was a great shout for the job. Um, but I also said that Darren Moore was, was, making a, was making a case that couldn't really be ignored. Yeah. So um, I can completely understand why the owners chose Darren Moore. I can completely understand, and I and I think um, I think it's been a success so far, and I hope it continues to be a success. Mm. Um, but yes, that is one very interesting uh, piece of subplot in 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 this in this game. Um, on top of that, you've got Richard O'Kelly, his assistant, who was born in West Bromwich, was an Albion youth team coach for seven years. Mm-hmm. You've got Neil Cutler, who left Albion to join Villa last month, his goalkeeping coach. Um, you've got Gareth Barry, you've got Sam Johnston, you've got James Chester, all these three players playing against their former clubs. Um, you know, Barry's a Villa legend, really, uh, in many ways. I know he left under a, slight, under a slight cloud, but... I think a lot of fans accepted, though. He'd, you know, he'd served his time, you know what I mean? He's, he'd, he'd been at Villa for so long, and um, he was one of those players which really did sum up the club, but at the same time, you can't... I know he went to Manchester City when they weren't in the in Europe, but... At the same time, you look at Manchester City and you thought, you made the right call there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Darren Moore's own um, history with Villa. You know, he raised in Hansworth. He used to grow, he used to grow up going to watch games at Villa Park and the Hawthorns as a, as a kid. 
uh, depending on who was home, mm. who was away. Um, idolised Paul McGrath. His uh, brother was uh, an, an apprentice at Villa. Um, he's got an he's got an affinity to that club, or at least he used to. Mm. Um, I think he would now, obviously, considering his history with Albin, he would now be firmly in the blue and white camp. Yeah, um, of course. But um, he, you know, there are so many little um, little pockets of, of intrigue around this game, um, and. Yeah, it's it's the most eagerly anticipated game for a long time, I think. Mm. Battle of the Loney strikers as well, and the fact that Tammy Abraham and Dwight Gale are both in fine form as well. Um, let's let's do a combined eleven, Matt. We're gonna do a Ooh. combined eleven. Okay. So we've seen. Both I'm gonna teams. go full Tim Sherwood and just do <laughs> and just do an Albion eleven. Oh, that was classic from from Tim uh, Tactics. Tim. Actually, I better um, not do that because then. Um, what happened to Tim Sherwood is that Arsenal won that game, didn't they? Of course so they did, yeah. After he picked a, a complete Spurs 11, so I won't do that. So both teams are playing a 4-3-3 or you know, very similar kind of structure, shall we say, in that respect. I think in goal it's a simple decision to make. Um, Sam Johnston, for me, is... is There's a lot been said about Oyen Nyland in the Villa goal. I think that's something which Albion should and probably could target. He's not the strongest coming out to collect the ball. I think Albion will look at that and lick their lips a little bit um, he's, he's got good reflexes but Sam Johnston for me he's just an all round better goalkeeper I'm sure you'd agree I'd agree I think that, that's nailed down Johnston in goal what about the back four so who left back I think is Gibbs, Gibbs. over Neil Taylor yeah I'd take that um, centre backs I'd probably have I mean Chester you, you tell me Chester is been very good for Villa on the whole yes. he's not had a great season he's playing injured is he? He's got a little bit of a knee problem. Okay. But he's playing through it and he's... The issue which a lot of Villa fans will say about Chester is that they seem to think that he's almost managing um, having a very young defender alongside him in Axel Twanzebe. Right. So he hasn't been at the form he was last season, but last season he had John Terry beside him. Yeah. So I'd I'd still plump to have James Chester in a command 11. Okay. Over Twanzebe? Oh well, I mean, Twanzebe wouldn't wouldn't make the combined eleven. For no, me. okay. Um, at centre back, I'd probably have Craig Dawson alongside him. Okay, Dawson and Chester. Yeah, um, right back. See, I think Hagazi is playing really well. Sorry to go back to. Would you have back. Would you have Hagazi over Dawson? I don't know. It's difficult. Or would you have Hagazi over Chester? On current form, on current form, I'd probably have Hagazi over Dawson. Mm. If if push came to shove and I had to pick a team, I'd probably pick Dawson over Hagazi. Mm. But on current form, Hagazi's playing really well the last four games. Played really well the last four games. So mm. um, yeah. he's a big threat in the air, which will will so be very Dawson. interesting. So is Dawson. Both of them. I mean, Nolan could be in for a, for a tough game. Well, just a quick. A quick aside, um, it will interest Albion fans, James Chester's celebration at, at the Middlesbrough game yes. against uh, Tony Pulis's Middlesbrough. Now, for those that don't know, um, Tony Pulis signs James Chester and then um, and then I think he, sa- he said to... Uh, he said to him, oh, oh, James, I thought you were taller <laughs> when, uh, when you met him. Um, and that's why Chester got limited it. Limited uh, time at uh, at the baggies, um, 
And then I think I'm right in saying that on, on Saturday, Chester dropped to his knees after he scored. He did. He, he walked around on his knees for a couple now, of seconds. Now, I, I, I don't know for, for, for a fact, because I think he has done that before. So maybe it's just a, a celebration he does. But that, surely that's a, I mean, that's yeah, a nod. There's a little bit of venom in that, isn't there? Surely that's a nod to, 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 to TP. Anyway. Um, right back. Right back. Some interesting options here, because you could say Tosin Adarabaya, who's done well. But then you've got Alan Hutton, who scored an absolute world against Blues. You've got Ahmed El Mohamedi for Villa as well. Um, I've not seen enough of Hutton to know. I mean, I, I know he's he's bit of a cult hero. Yeah, defensively, still has questions asked of him. Right, Adrabio has been at fault for a couple of goals in recent weeks. I don't know. That's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. That's a tough one. We might leave that to the listeners. Yeah, we? leave that to the listeners. Listeners can pick that one. All right, three in the middle. Um, right, so who plays mid- midfield for Villa? So at the moment, because Bjarnason is currently out injured, you've yeah. got John McGinn, who's been phenomenal for Aston Villa all season long. You've got Jack Grealish, of course, and then you've got Conor Hurraham. Right. I would say... I think Livermore has to get in. Okay. Depends see, how you're playing Matt Phillips, though. See, I... I personally think McGinn, Morrison and Phillips. No space for Grealish. No. Oh, I think the Albion fans coming out of your ear. What, that What that, that dandy? <laughs> he just gets fouled, doesn't he? He doesn't do anything else. Most foul player in the championship. Exactly. I mean, you know. Uh, I, 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 okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I like McGinn. I really like McGinn. Um, I just think Phillips and Morrison have been fantastic recently. Um, I think Phillips 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 is nailed on for me Phillips is Phillips is in I'll have Phillips I think for Morrison I think I'd, I'd have Grealish over him all day but that's that's a well, Villa okay, fan so, that's a Villa fan okay saying. so there we go so we've got we've got let's let's nail in Phillips and McGinn yeah and we will we will agree to disagree on Morrison and Grealish okay I mean I'd be interested to see what happens Grealish is probably Grealish is probably more Talented, but Morrison is. I trust him more. I trust him more, especially the way he's playing at the moment. He's been mm. fantastic recently. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. We'll on that to disagree one. So there. that's right back in and uh, right back and centre mid. Centre mid, and that's a tough front three now because this is interesting because you've got you got Dwight Gale and Tammy Abraham, who I said before. I mean. <laughs> On current form, you'd have to go with Abraham, wouldn't you? Four against Forest. Uh, six and six and six, six and six days or something. It's, he's in. He's in very fine. He's battle. he's fantastic. I think on current form, you'd have to go Abraham. And I think Abraham gives you more with his back to goal as well. He's mm. and he's better in the air. I think Abraham pips it. You've got to have Harvey Barnes. I think you've got to have Barnes on the left, um, and then on the right, Balassi. Balassi probably over Robson Carnu. Um, does he get in over Rodriguez? Oh, it's tough. Does he get in? He's over... been he's been good recently, Balassi. He's, yeah. He seems fit now. Yeah. And the one thing I will say about him is, um, Kieran Gibbs will be in for a tough afternoon. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that's a Premier League battle. If ever I saw one, yeah. Balassi v Gibbs. Um, that's difficult as well. I think Balassi and Rodriguez. I mean, it is tough. They're diff- they're completely different players. Yeah. If you want your tricky winger, obviously you're going to go with a Balassi. But if you want someone who's going to put in a bit... What you could do is stick Phillips up there and then have Grealish and Morrison in the middle. Yes, you could do that. 
and just not have Balassi or Rodriguez. But uh, I mean, you could do that. I, but yeah, that's an interesting. Co- so, so how many how many Albion players? How many Villa players? So you've got Johnston, Gibbs, Dawson, Phillips, Phillips. Are we Barnes, Kyle Morrison? Barnes, Barnes, and then potentially Morrison and potentially Ella Abayo. So, so you're talking five, you're talking like five and six, five and a half. Very split predicted eleven. Five and a half. Yeah, I think we've done well there. Five and a half each. Yeah. Any listeners, if you've got a predicted eleven for us, uh, feel free to tweet tweet them to us, and we'll a combined eleven. Yeah, a combined eleven, of course. Um, uh, and um, we'll, we'll take them. We'll take a good look at them. I've got another segment now, Matt. Um, we're running on a little bit, so let's try and be quick. It's called Fear Factor. Okay. You will notice that the cup, the notorious cup, sat in front of you. You've got five players in there. Those are all Villa players. Okay. I've got five players here, Albion players. You're going to take a pick. I'm going to take a pick. And then we will discuss how fearful we are of that in the player. Mark out of ten? Yes, out of ten. Lovely stuff. You've nailed it. Do okay. Want, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Right. I have got... Oh, pictures. Lovely. Pictures, yes. I've got Jonathan Codger. How fearful are you of Jonathan Codger? Um, I'll give him a, a solid... Six and a half. That's fair, right? Because I, I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to start, is he, he? I doubt he'll start. But I think he's capable of scoring. He's capable of producing a moment. He's capable yeah. of coming off the bench and scoring a goal. So I'll give him a six and a half. Two seasons ago, he would have been a bit higher, I think. Absolutely. I mean, even even a few weeks ago, maybe. But he's, I think Algarzi's going to play, isn't he? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Algarzi's been... Uh, he's done well since coming in. Uh, I have got one here. Mr. Hal robson Carney. Now, if he's fit, I think he's probably around the same mark. Do you reckon? Six and a half? Six. Or may, maybe a six. Six. Yeah. Slightly less than Kodja. I think he can. I think he has a more of an impact on the game than people think. Yeah. That's, I think that's fair. I think I think we've seen that in recent weeks. Yeah. That's fair. Um, in this system, I think it's six. Fair enough. Right. Who's in my next one? I've got uh, Yannick Balassi. Oh, here we go. Now, I would give him an eight if he was up against a normal left back but Kieran Gibbs is very good mm. I'm going to give him a 7 7 yeah that's so fair I am I, I, he's very he's a Premier League player in my mind um, very good player capable of uh, of turning well twisting left backs to you know they're twisting their blood really but um, I think Gibbs is, is playing well at the moment what if he switches wings we could be in trouble Tosin Adarabayo against Yannick Galassi could be could be trouble yeah <laughs> would you raise your rating then yeah. All right. Okay. I'd raise it to an eight. I've got a Harvey Barnes now. For me, Barnes is the chief threat. Okay. As a fan, I've got him as a nine and a half. Nine and a half. When Harvey Barnes plays well, he's a worry. And I look at if he's on. I mean, where's he playing in Albion's front three at the moment? Left. So if he's up on the left, Hutton. he's up against Alan Hutton or El Mahamedi. I think Hutton will have trouble. Jack Grealish. Oh, here we go. This will be interesting. Um, I think he is a worry. I think he, I think he can control games. I think he's when he, on his day, he's capable of being fantastic. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on against Livermore. I'm sure Livermore will try and stick on him. I'll give him a seven. Seven. Let's see who have I got? Who have I got? Who have I got? Jay Rodriguez. Six and a half. Just yeah. because he's a hard worker, and I know he does a job. I just don't see him being as clinical as some of the other players which Albion have on their books. John McGinn. Uh, a wild card because he's not going to score a worldie every week. No, he's not. But I think he's he's got that sort of... He's got that bite in the tackle. Um, capable of winning the ball back high up. Suits a derby atmosphere, I think. Suits a derby. I'll give him a seven and a half, maybe even an eight. 
Oh, I think he's. I think he's. I think he could have a, a big game on on Friday. Okay, my penultimate, Dwight Gale. Eight and a half, maybe a nine. Fair enough. If he's, if you give him room, capable of scoring two goals. I mean, Twanzebe, for me, he's had he's been up and down. Against Borough, he was superb, but against Forest, he was shocking. He got pulled all over the place. Oh, okay. So someone like Dwight Gale could cause him real problems. Last one for me, Tammy Abraham. Um, the form he's on, I'm going to have to give him a, a 10. A 10? He's just, he is, I mean, he's an England international striker. He's he's playing absolutely scintillating stuff at the moment. Back to goal, in the air, poaching, capable of scoring good goals as well. You know, not just a poacher. Mm. Um, I think he... I'm sc- that being said, I think Dawson and Higazi have got what it takes yeah. to to nullify him. I think the way they dealt with Morpay on Monday and the, the way they're playing, I think I think they're good enough to nullify Abraham. But he is he's got to be the chief threat from Villa. I would say. I'd agree with you. And my last one, of course, Mr. Matty Phillips came very very close to scoring an absolute worldie the other day. Rocketed off the bar, didn't mm. um, He's worrying if he's. I mean, the way you talk about him, he's, he should be a 10 for me. But I've got him at an 8.5. That's fair. I think if he's on his game, you said that he he's probably the man who affects Albion's performances most. Is that right? Uh, when he plays yeah. well, Albion play well? I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. Oh, uh, to be fair, there's a few of them like that. That midfield three, when when when, when those three have a good game, Albion have a good game. I mean, it's so many. It's, it's the same for many teams. If your if you midfield play well, you, you control the game. But uh, yeah. He is crucial. I think having someone keeping their eye on him would be important. Someone like Conor Hurahan, maybe. Yeah, or McGinn. Yeah, someone who can match his energy I, levels. I, I, yeah, I wonder if they might stick McGinn on him. Um, be interesting to see if Albin stick anyone on Grealish mm. in that deep line playmaker role. Oh, it's going to be such a good game. Watch, watch, we'll go and it'll be nil nil. It's going to be nil nil. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be rubbish. Honestly, I've been looking forward to this game for about a week and a half now. Yeah. It's looking for this game for a few months. <laughs> it's gonna be great. All right, I know you haven't spoken to Darren Moore yet, um, but who do you expect to come in and drop out from an Albion perspective? So the injury concerns at the moment. Um, I haven't spoken to Darren Moore yet, but the injury concerns that we know of are Carl Bartley, obviously got his, his knee problem, and um, Harold Robson Carney as well. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he kept the same team. Apart from maybe moving Gale in for Robson Carno if, if Robson Carno isn't fit. Now, if he does that, I would be inclined to put Rodriguez out wide. Mm. Um because he's played out left before. He's played out wide out 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 right as well, but I'd be inclined to move Rodriguez out wide um and, and Gale down the middle in a four three three. I think I think back to the Stoke, the second Stoke goal, I think Gale is quite good off the shoulder as well, yeah. capable of doing that I think I think the way that Albion will win this game is by playing the same way they did against Leeds, letting Villa have the ball, sitting deep and breaking and breaking them and countering them. I think if they if they take the initiative or if they go forward, I I would be concerned by the likes of Balassi, El Ghazi and Abraham mm. on the on the break. Um especially Abraham with his back to goal, capable of you know Shielding the ball, laying off runners. Uh, McGinn's going to have all all the energy in the world. Greer can carry the ball well. 
Um, you know, that would concern me. It might be quite a tactical chess battle because I think both teams want to play like that. Yeah. Um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see how it, how it pans out. Do you reckon he'll learn from the game against Brentford? If it's if Albion are 1-0 up, does he make changes? It's a completely different game, isn't it? It's it's, it's completely different. I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know um, how they're going to play it. Um, I imagine it'll be a similar sort of setup because they've done quite well in this in this system. But you never know. You, with this Villa team, they're so they're capable of scoring goals. So you could find yourself one or two nil down. You mm-hmm. know, you never know, and you might need to change it. Um, it's going to be a test of Darren Moore. Villa can concede though as well. It's worth worth pointing that one out. It's going to be, yeah, they can. It's going to be a test of, of Dean Smith as well. It's going to be a big test for everybody. I think all the players and 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 the, and the staff. I think this is a real heavyweight clash in the division. I think. I expect both these teams to be in the top six can they yeah. come into the season. Um, at the moment, um, Villa are looking like potential top two at the moment mm. in the last few weeks they are. Um, so you never know. Um, this this is it's a cracking game and um, should be very, very enjoyable. And the atmosphere is going to be it's going to be amazing. Um, I think Albion are, are hoping it's a sellout. I think it's nearing a sellout. Yeah. And um, obviously, there's all the animosity that comes with a derby. Um, you know, th- there'll be a lot of um, a lot of jeering, a lot of songs, a lot of chants in the Smethwick end. It's it should be a fantastic, a fantastic game. It'd be great under the lights as well. Yeah, that just adds a li- little bit to it, doesn't it? Yeah. That sort of if there's a little bit of drizzle as well, wet pitch, few tackles flying in, a decent referee. A good referee. I don't know who's refereeing the game, but as long as the as long as the ref is uh, hopefully lets it flow, but you know obviously doesn't let it descend into carnage, then yeah, um, should be good. Um, I can I can imagine McGinn and Livermore getting scrapped, getting stuck oh, in. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Can imagine Dawson Higazi getting stuck in. I can, you know, Chester and Twanzebe maybe not, but <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Game. But um, yeah, it could it could be a feisty old affair. All right, I'm I'm going to ask you a question which you'll hate me for. Prediction, please. Uh, I'll give you mine. Go on, three all. No, it's not going to be three all. It will. It won't be. Both both teams will be so aware of the other one's attacking prowess. I think it's going to be slightly more tactical than that. Um, I think it's going to be slight, slightly more of a chess game. It's going to be tense. I think. Oh God, I don't know. I think it could be a one all. One all. I think it could be one. I think if you ask either set of fans here, would you take a point? I think they'd both have it. Well, would you have? A, would I'd, you take I'd a have a point away, Albion. And I think, would you have a point? I'd. I'd take a point now. Yeah. I mean, six weeks ago, no. But Villa was so. Oh yeah, six. I mean, under Bruce, I'd have snatched you under for a point. Yeah. Uh, considering the way Albion were playing at the time as well, um, but the recent run under Smith, the fact they got. Great wins over Derby, Blues, Borough. I mean, they're in a big run as well, Villa, so I think a point, I'd, I'd have that. Yeah. Right, let's uh, finish up with our competition, Matt. Any time goal scorer, you know which game I'm going to come to first, Albion Villa. Do you want to give me an any time goal scorer, oh, please? Oh, God, no, I don't. I can't <laughs> oh, who do I pick? Who do I pick? Well, if it ends 3 all, you got a good chance. Oh. My, 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 I'm wondering if you're going to go for Abraham or not, or is he in a fan and you telling them I what know, to do? I know the sensible choice is Tammy Abraham, isn't it? But 
no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, I will. I will go for. Do I go safe? I mean, see, see, for me, I, I kind of feel that Rodriguez. I, I just feel like he's gonna. I, you know what I would do? I'd go down. Bounce back. I'd go down a different route entirely. I see. I look at Villa's defense and especially set pieces. Yeah. And I look at the threats that Albion have at the back. Yeah. In terms of your Hagazis and Dawson's, and the fact you've got Orion Nyland in goal, who is questionable coming for crosses. Right. Okay. For me, I think, although I've pinpointed the likes of Harvey Barnes and Matt Phillips and Dwight Gale. I think it could well be a defender that does it off a corner. It's a good or point. I'll tell you who I'm going to go for. I'll tell you who I'm going to go for. He's flying at the moment, Matt Phillips. Matt Phillips, Get good choice. Matt Phillips. Good choice. Do you want to give me one for the next game, which is Leeds versus QPR? Um, yes. Uh, who's scoring for Leeds at the moment? Hernandez? Hernandez? Is he scoring? He's scoring. Yeah, give it to Hernandez. Mr. Pablo Hernandez. And the final game, Matt, I'm going to let you pick all three here. Blues versus Bristol City. Um, well, I went for Che Adams last time, so I'll go for Jukovic this time. Right. Very good. Is he, he's, he's not injured, is he? No, I believe he's playing. Um, so, those of you who listen will know what the competition is all about. Uh, we will pick a lucky listener as long as they retweet the podcast, which once it's tweeted by us. If Matt Phillips, Pablo Hernandez and Lucas Jukovic all score this weekend, you will win an Albion shirt with the name and number of your choice. Um, and we will just pick them out. Matt, I honestly can't wait for this game. Friday can't come any quicker. I know. And I've got uh, a rare weekend off to uh, either wallow in, in misery or celebrate jubilantly and go and find all of my Villa supporting friends. But we'll see. That's the biggest worry, that is. <laughs> The next the next couple of days, I mean, when Villa played Blues, it was the same. We've got uh, Simon who lives who works lives across the desk, lives just across from me, and I was dreading coming in if if Villa had lost the Blues. But at the same way, in the same respect, if if we lose on Friday, having you there, I'm sure you'll uh, give me a little bit of a stick in the, in the post match video. Uh, well, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you'll you'll remain professional, will you? I will try and remain professional. I will. I will attempt to. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll I'll do to... likewise if if Villa, I'll tell you what, if Villa and I'll do likewise. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Okay, All right. Deal. Matt, thanks for joining me today for this one hour, fifteen minute long podcast. Well, I hopefully it's piqued people's interest in the game. I'm sure they don't need they don't need that doing. I'm sure they're all looking forward to it anyway. And thanks for everyone for listening. We will see you after Friday's big derby clash. <laughs>